Welcome to this edition of Community Associations Institute's podcast. My name is Tony Campisi, Executive Director of Community Associations Institute's Pennsylvania and Delaware Valley Chapter. Often, CAI will get questions at the chapter office from managers as well as elected association board members about dispute resolution. This seems to be a topic that is always relevant and on the minds of our members. So alternative dispute resolution will be the focus of a three-part podcast series. In this first episode, we discuss what is ADR, alternative dispute resolution. In the second episode, we will discuss the five terms that are key to successful alternative dispute resolution. And in the third, we will discuss how ADR actually works. We invite our members to email me with questions. And if we get enough, we will offer a fourth podcast in which we will answer your questions. You can email questions to Tony, T-O-N-Y, at cai-padelval.org. To kick things off for this series on ADR, today we'll be discussing arbitration, mediation, and issues related to these methods of dispute resolution. My guest is Toby Oxholm, Secretary of the Lakeview Estates Homeowners Association in the Pocono Mountains, and a member of CAI through his business, Just Resolutions, a provider of alternative dispute resolution services. Welcome, Toby, and please share with our audience a bit about your background. Thank you, Tony. It's good to be with you. Um, I graduated from Harvard Law School years ago in 1979 and began my legal career in uh, one of Philadelphia's largest law firms, now called Deckert LLP. Uh, I was a trial lawyer uh, representing plaintiffs and defendants, doing mostly commercial litigation. And in as many hours as I could, I also represented poor people doing pro bono legal services for um, in, in civil matters. I spent a total of 17 years in private practice And I also spent about five years in the City of Philadelphia Law Department as Chief Deputy City Solicitor, again, in charge of commercial matters. And then after a while, I got tired of private law, became General Counsel for Drexel University, and that means being its number one lawyer for all corporate and transactional and zoning and all that kind of stuff, and litigation. And I did that for seven years. And then I got promoted to Executive Vice President of Drexel, went on to President of Arcadia University, and then ended my career at um, Rowan University as Executive Vice President. And I retired from that in the summer of um, 2016, and now I'm mediating, hoping to keep people out of court and away from trial lawyers as much as possible. And that's the whole point of ADR, And that's the whole point of ADR, it certainly is. So let's start with the most basic question. Actually, it's a two-part question. What is ADR, and why are we hearing so much about it lately in Pennsylvania? I suspect it may have something to do with pending legislation in Harrisburg uh, that would assign certain complaints from Community Association to the Attorney General's office. Okay, um, so let's start with that, the second half of that first. Um, what you're talking about is something called House Bill 595, and that would assign additional powers to the Office of the Attorney General's Bureau of Consumer Protection in regard to how some community association complaints get handled. Uh, and what that really means is if there's a complaint by a member against an association or with an association or inside an association, and they're not getting any response from the association, this bill, if it's passed, Um, will allow that person to make a complaint to the state and then have the state respond to it in some way. And what they're talking about is mediation. They're trying to get things resolved rather than fight about it. So this is an effort primarily by Representative Rosemary Brown of uh, Monroe and Pike counties 
uh, and other sponsors in the House and the Senate um, to take disputes from planned communities and keep them out of court. So that's what that, that bill is all about. And there is some buzz about it because it's a way of um, trying to get people to talk in a community of neighbors. Um, and so when to get back to your first question of what ADR is, it's alternative dispute resolution. It means the opposite of going to court, taking it out of court and resolving it in some other ways. And ADR has been something we've been doing forever, ever since we've been kids. So there are lots of different ways you can do ADR. So why are people looking for an alternative to court? I think if you talk to anyone who's been involved in litigation, they'll tell you it's a very frustrating, long, and expensive process. Courts are supposed to provide the just, speedy, and inexpensive resolution of disputes, but it really gets mired in a lot of procedural issues and papers and filing thises and thats. Um, courts, for lawyers, courts don't really provide justice. They provide decisions, ends, if somebody makes a decision. Um, and that really depends on how good your lawyer is, how good your witnesses are, how good you are. I don't know, Tony, if you've ever been deposed, but it's an enormously stressful experience being asked questions over a table or in a courtroom by a lawyer where you're supposed to remember everything without any notes. So it's really stressful. It depends on how good your judge is. It depends on how good jury members are. That's what defines what law is like in the justice system. So what ADR does is it takes you out of that box and allows you and your opponent, the person you're having the fight with, to decide how you want to resolve your dispute. Sometimes you have to go to court. You just have to get somebody to make a decision. It has to be a judge. But it doesn't always have to be that. So ADR, essentially, is any way people can resolve a dispute other than by going to court. Yeah, I think that's, that's exactly right. Um, and we've been, we've been resolving disputes since we were kids. You, you want to know who gets first pick for your team? You do rock, paper, scissors, or you shoot, or whatever it is, right? Um, so we can figure out ways of doing this. Uh, and what ADR has come up with is a couple of regularly used methods of doing them. One's called mediation, one's called arbitration, and some that are more specific to particular issues. Um, so um, this is a reminder to people that the way you can resolve disputes is not just filing a lawsuit, signing a complaint, being deposed, going to court, having a trial, and getting a decision. You mentioned uh, arbitration and mediation. I think people often confuse those terms. I know I do. So can you define them a little bit more? Sure. Um, arbitration. That's the A. Um, and arbitration is when you decide not to go to a judge, but to somebody other than a judge who acts like a judge and actually makes a decision. Now, actually, in courts, if your dispute is less than $50,000, you're probably going to end up before three arbitrators, three lawyers who have been appointed by the court to sit in judgment of the case and render a decision. So you probably have ADR even if you paid to go to court. Mediation is very, very different. You're not picking anybody to make a decision. You're picking someone to help you and your opponent get to a decision. So the skills of the mediator are very different than the skills of an arbitrator. And the way it works is very different. And I know we'll be talking about that in the third part, about how all this works. But up front, you should know that when you're in mediation, you and your opponent are pretty much calling the shots and deciding what happens. And in arbitration, it's pretty much like going to court. It's just less formal, more flexible uh, for you and the, and the other people involved in it. So boil it down, I guess arbitration is asking a neutral person to come in and make a decision based on facts and 
mediation is is different from that. Yeah, um, the arbitrator will usually is a lawyer because there's usually a legal issue involved and you want somebody who understands what law is to make a decision about law or the obligations of the parties to each other. And in mediation, you're just asking for someone who knows how to broker a deal, help you with negotiation, think about things you ought to be discussing, break down issues into smaller parts and help you work through the small parts leading to the resolution as much as you can of the whole thing. So mediation is having someone help the two parties talk through the issues, but it's ultimately the two parties at the table who have to come up with the decision. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's the, it's the parties themselves that make all the decisions. Okay. Yep. Are there other kinds of ADR besides arbitrations and mediations? And, and do you provide other kinds of services beyond that? Well, sure. There are lots of different kinds. And that's part of the creativity of alternative dispute resolution. It's not just mediation and arbitration. It's not one size or two sizes fits all. Um, and as I said, as a, as a mediator, what I really try to do is get um, the parties not to think about their legal positions, but their interests, and to take their big disputes and break it down into bite-sized pieces and work through the bite-sized pieces. And the more you work through little things, the easier it is to work through the, the big things. Um, for example, and this is um, alternative dispute resolution, let's assume that there's a fight between neighbors about who's responsible for a tree that's dying and needs to be cut down. It's threatening one person's house. It's, they think that it's, it's on the other side of a fence. Okay, who's going to pay for that? All right, they can fight about it. You can sue about it. You can spend more money on the filing fee than you would on a mediator. But what a mediator will try to do is say, okay, we have a really issue here about the property line. Okay, let's get somebody who knows property lines. And they can get somebody out to survey the property. And that will decide who owns the tree. Or you can get a, a, an insurance person to come out and look at that. Or you can look about, um, you can hire a contractor to give you a price, a fair price, so it's not your tree guy or my tree guy. You get an independent guy. But you've agreed neutrally on that neutral expert, the tree guy or the property line guy or whatever, to give you a fact. And then you go forward from that fact. You don't fight about that anymore. And it's, so it's breaking it down to little things, and then you say, okay, well, if it's only going to cost me 105 bucks, who the heck cares? How about we split it? Instead of saying it's your duty because it's your obligation under the law, it's your darn tree. It's only 105 bucks, split it. So let's explore this concept of a neutral. Um, how do you find the right person to be the neutral? What, what do we look for? Where do we go if we have a problem and, and we want help solving it, if not a lawyer? <laughs> you, are, you are really right. You, 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 that is the rabbit in the hat, right? Um, how do you find the neutral? What is a neutral? Well, you, gotta, you, you really got to start by being very thoughtful about what you're looking for. Um, so in general terms, uh, for someone who's neutral, it's somebody who's impartial, somebody who doesn't have any conflict of interest or ties to one side or the other. They're not friends. They're not. They're not doing business. They don't know anything about you guys. Kind of like a jury, but it's you know somebody with some degree of expertise and training. You want somebody who's relatively smart and experienced, fair. Maybe somebody who's got a good reputation for that kind of things, uh, and someone who who will get it done for you quickly, not waiting around a year and a half or two, uh, and affordable. You also want somebody who understands what the ethics are of what they're doing, because the, the ethics for a lawyer as an advocate are very different than the ethics for a judge, who's the decider, or an arbitrator, who's the decider, or for a mediator, who's a go-between. Um, and so you've got to really figure out whose ethics is it that you're asking this person to implement. You need someone who's got uh, good communication skills. Oftentimes, the best way to resolve something is make sure that everybody understands the same things 
or comes from the same common set of understandings. And if you have someone who's not a good communicator, then you're missing the real point of ADR because it's an educational experience where both sides learn something for it and then they go forward together under an agreement for how to handle it. And then you need to make sure that the, um, the neutral is actually putting the clients first, both sides that are fighting. Uh, because most uh, people who are involved in um, ADR lawyers do this as a sidelight. This is what they do in addition to their real work, um, which means you get to fit in around their edges. Um, they'll get to you when they get to you, and they'll spend whatever time they have left for you. Or you can look for, uh, real, for people who really specialize in mediation and um, arbitrations as their business. I, I think that's a pretty good round sense of what you're looking for. It's a lot. It is a lot. I'm going to yeah. be honest with you. It sounds a lot easier said than done. Well, all right. So in arbitrations, it really does make sense to start with lawyers. And uh, the nice thing about arbitrations is people can decide, hey, look, I got my lawyer, you got your lawyer, each pick one. <laughs> the two lawyers will pick somebody they both trust because that way they'll know you're paying three times, but you know you're coming up with something fair. Uh, but it's typically a lawyer. But in mediations, you can use anybody. You can use somebody in your community. You can use somebody from the um, Chamber of Commerce or the Bureau. Uh, you can get in touch with um, CAI and look on who the vendors are because they're people who, this is what they do. So there are a lot of different ways you can find people. And then once you have gotten a name, it's not like a judge. You find out who's the judge sitting on your case and what day they're going to hear your case. You call them up and you talk to them. You get their resume. You ask them what they've done. You see if they're the right kind of person. You see if you feel comfortable. Because the whole idea in ADR is reaching agreements about how to move forward. So you might as well have a good relationship, a good feeling about that person you've asked to come in as your neutral. Let me ask you a, a, a question uh, regarding the whole process and ADR versus going to court. The, I think the conception is, at least my conception or perception, is that ADR is less expensive than going to court. Is that true? I can't imagine that it isn't true. Um, so big picture. In courts, you start off by filing a complaint. Um, then usually there's a preliminary objections that you have to answer. Then there's motions and briefs and arguments. And then there's more pleadings. Uh, and then you get into something called discovery, which means you get to ask all the questions you want on the other side, and they get to answer them. Or they get to object, and in which case you have motions to compel and arguments before the judge and decisions. And then you have to produce all the documents they've asked for, which oftentimes they don't need all that stuff anyway. And after they put all that together, then they put motions together for summary judgment or partial summary judgment, and they have briefs on that, and they have arguments on that, and the judge has to decide that. And then you have to go to arbitration, if it's under $50,000, or full trial, in which case you have to put together points for charge and jury of this and that and the other. And it's going to take you, I don't know, a year and a half, two years. You can go to mediation next week. Um, you can go to arbitration next week. You have to decide what do you want to talk about, who do you want to talk about it with you, what are the services they're going to render for you, and you can have your lawyer. It's not like lawyers excluded. Lawyers are often very, very helpful in mediation and arbitration. So you're still going to have to pay that. But the amount of time, the amount of time and paperwork is much less. And since you're really talking about trying to get to a resolution, most parties will agree to not proceed with stuff that is not important. They'll get right down to it, um, especially in mediation where you can walk away anytime you want. So if you're not getting there fast enough, you walk. 
In an arbitration, you can limit it to very small things and not necessarily the biggest thing, and you can go forward from there. So it has to be less expensive. It has to be faster. And the only question is, have you really made sure you've gotten everybody in the room who you need to be there committed to the answer, whichever way it comes out, whether it's by agreement or by decision? So as I understand it, there are actually three different kinds of mediation. Can you tell us what they are and, and what the differences between them are? Yeah, this, this is not something that you need to make a decision about, but you ought to know about it because there really are different styles, and it all depends on what you're trying to get out of it. Um, so they're called, there are three different ones. One's called facilitative, one's called evaluative, and the third is called transformative. So let's talk about facilitative. If you've watched the news and think about the Arab-Israeli conflict, um, you have an ambassador, and the ambassador goes to one side, then they go to the other side, then they get the people together, then they go to one side, they go to the other side, and they kind of shuttle diplomacy back and forth. And what that ambassador's doing is trying to facilitate the discussion between two very different sides. Um, so that really is what facilitative is. It's just helping the people talk, and um, that is what leads to their agreement. So a, a facilitative mediator needs to be a good listener and communicator and probably a helpful questioner. How about evaluative mediation? All right, so in evaluative, this is, um, this is something... In my experience, an area that this had come up a lot was medical malpractice lawsuits, where there's a lot of medicine involved and a lot of science, uh, and the and the lawyers don't really want to have jurors take you know make decisions about this because they don't know. But what a mediator can do if they know the medicine is really ask the hard questions to both sides to really push them on whether this is just a position or whether this is really what the evidence is going to show. So whether it is an arcane legal dispute or something having to do deep with bylaws or declarations or the effect of community rules and regulations versus, you can actually get a mediator who has a lot of experience in the field who can ask harder questions to each side, not when they're together, but when they're in their what's called a caucus, the private meetings. Really push them to understand the strengths and the weaknesses of their case because the mediator is helping them evaluate it. So that's what evaluative mediation is. So you're looking for someone who's been there, done that, which makes sense. They yeah, have the experience. Yeah. Um, tell us about transformative mediation. Okay. Uh, and this is, this is actually some of the most exciting stuff and really most, uh, even most appropriate for planned communities. Transformative, st start with trials. You go to trial, you sue for X dollars, and you win X dollars. And by the end of the trial, everybody hates each other even more than they did at the beginning because you've been fighting for two years and you've been calling the other sides liars and you've been filing briefs saying that, that briefs, I love that word, long, long memos talking about how they're not telling. So now you have to go back to the community. And they're still going to show up at the you know, quarterly meetings of the board. They're still going to be, they're going to be angrier than they were before. Transformative says, look folks, the current relationship obviously isn't working, and you both agree on that. So whatever that thing is under which you're working now, whatever that agreement is, whatever those terms are, they're obviously not working. So let's figure out a new way that the two of you can work together to get beyond the fighting. All right, so typical example um, for planned communities. A demand to see the books and records of the association. I, I have a right. I'm an owner. I demand to see them. Well, yeah, of course you do. But you don't have the right to demand it right now, today, without expense, causing all this brouhaha with the managers. No, you've got to be reasonable about it. 
All right? Or you have somebody who just talks all the ding-dong time at the meetings and won't shut up. And so you're going to be banned from the meetings. You don't need to do that. Maybe what happens in transformative is you get each side to agree that the other side really has something they're right about. And they agree that this is how you're going to behave with those questions going forward. And then they just don't shake hands on it. They actually write it up into an operating agreement. And that transforms their relationship. And going forward, if somebody violates that agreement, you say, whoa, 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 that's not what we agreed to. This is what it is. Let's get back to that. I'm happy to do that. Let's, let's go back to that. So transformative doesn't look just at the past and decide who is right or wrong or how much money it is. It looks to the future and tries to refine the relationship between the parties to make it better going forward, to stop these disputes from coming up from time to time. So bottom line, uh, people should really be thinking about how complicated or specialized the issue is. Um, I guess the more specialized the particular problem, the more we might want someone who has worked in that particular area uh, beyond just having experience helping people solve their problems as a mediator. Yeah, I think that's, ex that's exactly right. And that's why you'd look a little bit harder for somebody who's been in that field. Yep. Okay. Well, Toby, I want to thank you for spending this time with me talking about the subject, and I really look forward to getting uh, uh, delving deeper in the next uh, two episodes that we're going to record on ADR. Uh, I know this information is going to be very helpful to our community association elected volunteers as well as our managers. A reminder to our listeners, the next episode of our podcast will focus on five terms that are key to successful alternative dispute resolution. For more information on this and other topics related to the management and governance of your condominium or homeowner associations, please visit our website at www.cai-padelval.org. And of course, you can reach out to Toby with Just Resolutions at www.justresolutionsnepa.com or email Toby at Toby Oxholm, that's T-O-B-E-Y-O-X-H-O-L-M at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and check out our other podcasts on our website.